And now, from an undisclosed location deep beneath the Earth's surface, it's the 6th Annual Fake News Awards! Shining the spotlight of ridicule on the dumbest disinformation, the silliest smears, and the most ludicrous lies of the mainstream media dinosaurs of the past year. Which prostitutes will walk away with a dino of shame? What mendacious government mouthpiece will commit seppuku after being exposed as a deceiving sack of excrement? And who will walk away with the greatest dishonor of them all? The fake news story of the year! Find out in this year's exciting award show extravaganza! Brought to you by our special corporate sponsors, Fidernica. Why just die when you can die suddenly? G-Prank. Let your bot do the pranking. And Cooking with Klaus. 73 new recipes to help you restore order in the kitchen. And now, your host for tonight's festivities, Ben Shapiro! Uh, okay, uh, sorry, I've been informed that Ben Shapiro can't make it this evening. Apparently, he's hosting a completely and totally separate fake news award show called, uh, the, uh, The Fibbies? That has absolutely nothing to do with this fake news award show, and that the fine folks over at The Daily Wire absolutely didn't copy from the Corbett Report in any way. <laughs> anyway, this is the real sixth annual fake news awards, except no substitutes. So you Corbetteers out there know how this works by now, don't you? The fake news awards are known as the dinos, in dishonor of the deceptive doormats and the boot-licking broadcasters of the dinosaur media. They lowlight the most flagrant lies and the disinformation of the corporate prostitutes. There are awards to bestow in five different categories this evening, so without any further ado, let's go to award number one, the fakest war story of the year. And the nominees are... The Times for Underdog Ukrainian Pilots Fight High-Tech Russian Adversaries with Skill which cites a Ukrainian military source to claim that the ghost of Kyiv was real and was still alive, despite the Ukrainian Air Force's later admission that this obvious propaganda construct was indeed totally made up. The Associated Press for A senior U.S. intelligence official says Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland, killing two people. A one-sentence report, which reads in its entirety, a senior U.S. intelligence official says Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland, killing two people. That was issued after a missile strike in Poland last November, and then immediately retracted because it was completely and totally untrue. The New York Post for... Russia is giving soldiers Viagra to rape Ukrainians, which dutifully reported the accusation by Pramila Patton, UN Special Representative on Sexual Violence, that Russia was actively arming its troops with Viagra to help in their rape of Ukrainian women. If the Post had done any reporting whatsoever, they would have discovered that this grade school level propaganda nonsense was a total fabrication, with Patton herself later admitting under light questioning that there was no proof whatsoever of weaponized Viagra. 
In their report so far, there is nothing about, about Viagra. And Ria Novosti for The Offensive of Russia and the New World, which even surpassed the bottom paid for Putin propagandists in the supposedly alternative media who insist that Russia is always just days away from victory and that every Russian retreat is in fact an amazing gain for 5D chess master Putin by declaring on February 26th of 2022 that Russia had already won the war and that Ukraine has returned to Russia. Still waiting on that one, guys. <laughs> An exciting lineup to be sure for this year. So let's open up the envelope and see. The loser is the Associated Press for a senior U.S. intelligence official says Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland, killing two people. Congratulations, AP liars. Given that a completely false report like this in the first chaotic hours after a major missile strike could have brought the world to the brink of World War III, this fake news disinformation was not only completely 100% false, it also threatened the survival of humanity. Not only that, but this turgid piece of disinfo garbage even went against the AP's own guidelines requiring more than one anonymous source to run a story of such significance. But they published it anyway, because the AP's editors couldn't imagine a US intelligence official would be wrong on this. Then they fired the low-level reporter who wrote the story. And with that scapegoat successfully slaughtered, the AP's reputation remains spotless. Good work, guys. Yes, congratulations to AP for their work in securing this dino. Oh. Wait? What's this? Hold on, I'm just getting word that there has been a surprise upset in this year's fake war story award. Yes, in a highly unusual turn of events, we're going to issue a truest war story of the year award to NBC News for, in a break with the past, US is using Intel to fight an info war with Russia, even when the Intel isn't rock solid. A rare example of an accurate war story that lifts the curtain on the military media propaganda complex by admitting that the U.S. intelligence agencies were making stuff up as a part of an info war being waged against Russia. Of course, it's still a limited hangout in its own right, but it's the truest thing we saw all year from the war cheerleaders of the bloodthirsty Western press. So well done, NBC. Quite an upset victory there. And here to accept the award on behalf of NBC is failed Ukrainian comedian Volodymyr Zelensky. Ladies and gentlemen, dear participants of the 6th Annual Fake News Award Ceremony. The award was won at a special time. The Second World War wasn't over yet, but the tide was turned. All knew who would win. There were still battles and tears ahead. It was then when the Fake News Awards appeared to honor best performers of 1943. It is now 2023. The war in Ukraine is not over yet, but the tide is turning, and it is already clear who will win. Slava <laughs> Ukraini. Fantastic. You can tell he's a wartime president, because he's always dressing up like a man who's dressing up like an army man despite having exactly as much actual combat experience as Kirk Lazarus. 
<sighs> Don't you just love it when fiction and geopolitics mix? I, for one, can't wait to see what the globalist scriptwriters have in store for this Volodymyr character this year. But moving right along, I have in my hands the dino for our next award winner, the winner of the fakest climate change story of the year. And the nominees are... CNN for Parts of Great Barrier Reef record highest amount of coral in 36 years, which manages to completely upend reality by claiming that the incredible growth of the reef in recent years doesn't completely undermine the hyperventilating climate apocalypse narrative that they've been pushing on the public for years, but somehow bolsters that hysteria. The Associated Press for Climate Grant Illustrates Growth in Philanthropy-Funded News the news agency's stunning admission, in its own words, that its climate coverage is being bought and paid for by philanthro-capitalists with a vested interest in hyping the phony climate scare. The UK Met Office, for its made-up weather forecast of the exact temperatures in Britain on June 22nd, 2050. That's right, after explaining that the temperatures are compiled by assessing various model runs to find a plausible scenario that, depending on future greenhouse gas emissions, could happen in the future, the Met then present their credulous believers with a cartoonishly scary dark red map showing extreme heat throughout the British Isles, with Glastonbury scorching at 38 degrees and Doncaster reaching 40 degrees. Luckily for everyone involved with this sham of a forecast, they'll all be dead or retired by the time it invariably fails to come true three decades hence. And the BBC for Wild Weather, a panorama documentary so laden with false information in service of the net-zero Malthusian depopulation climate hype agenda that even the BBC's own editorial complaints unit had to admit it spread fake news about the so-called climate emergency including its false claim that the weather-related death toll is rising around the world, when even the World Meteorological Organization admits that the number of weather-related deaths has actually fallen in the past 50 years, and its false claim that Madagascar is on the brink of the world's first climate-induced famine, which, the ECU concluded, misrepresented the available science on the issue. And the loser is... AP for Climate Grant Illustrates Growth in Philanthropy-Funded News. This particularly baffling fake news story attempts to turn the embarrassing admission that the AP's climate coverage is available for sale to special interests into a bragging point. Reporting on an $8 million three-year grant, AP journalist David Bowder admits that if it weren't for the fat cats at the Rockefeller Foundation, the Walton Family Foundation, and other billionaire-founded social change organizations and tax dodges masquerading as philanthropies, the dinosaur media would collapse. In Bowder's own words, the announcement illustrates how philanthropy has swiftly become an important new funding source for journalism at the AP and elsewhere at a time when the industry's financial outlook has been otherwise bleak. This grant commits the AP to reporting on these billionaires' climate hobby horse, stirring up public anxiety to lay the social groundwork for the coming Great Reset and 2030 agenda, while simultaneously breaking every precept and standard in the Society of Professional Journalists' Code of Ethics. Just don't look for any reporting on how these philanthro-billionaires and their friends at places like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have formed a cartel of compliant media corporations that will dutifully report on whatever their paymasters want in this shameless whitewash. 
As Mark Morano points out in his blistering expose of this study in gaslighting, in the future, the AP will most likely shun hybrids of news and advertising, and instead just opt for full-blown press releases of the foundations that fund the AP. Modern mainstream journalism has devolved into a sad sack of sh**. But that does raise the question, does AP stand for Associated Press or Available Prestitutes? Good job, AP. By which I mean bad job. You guys have truly outdone yourselves this year, sinking to whole new lows of disgrace and proving yourselves to be the enemy of humanity. You definitely deserve this dino of shame. <laughs> All right, exciting stuff, I'm sure you'll agree. And there's plenty more to come, including the People's Choice Award and the greatest dishonor of them all, the dino for fake news of the year. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Let's face it, prank calls are a lot of work. You have to dial a number. You have to mask your identity. And worst of all, you have to think of something to say. But now, thanks to Google's revolutionary new AI technology, you can let your phone do the pranking for you. That's right, with G-Prank, you'll never have to make a prank call yourself ever again. Just tell Google's patented AI pranking assistant what kind of prank you want to pull and let it do the work. Or set it to random and let it loose upon the world. What happens is the Google Assistant makes the call seamlessly in the background for you. So what you're going to hear is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to make a prank call for you. Let's listen. Hello, can I help you? What killed the dinosaurs? I don't know. What? My wife. How do you know that? I'm a cop, you idiot! Excuse me, sir. <laughs> that was a real call you just heard. The amazing thing is the assistant can actually understand the nuances of conversation. We've been working on this technology for many years. It's called Google Duplex. It brings together all our investments over the years in natural language understanding, deep learning, text-to-speech. Hi, may I help you? Hey, I want you to do me a favor. What is it? Go and kiss your mother's behind. Who is this? Who the hell am I? My CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. Quit calling. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was a real call. We have many of these examples where the calls quite don't go as expected. G-Prank, the future of prank calling. Brought to you by Google. Enslaving you one killer app at a time. Thanks, Google. Oh, Google, where would we be without you? All right, without further ado, let's get to our next fake news award, the award for fakest fact check of the year. And the nominees are the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation for how a London, Ontario cricket plant found itself at the heart of an international conspiracy theory, which sought to undermine anti-world economic forum information 
by making provably false statements about a Canadian cricket factory. Reuters, for fact check, posts about the world's population fitting into a 50.8 mile by 50.8 mile square are missing context, in which they admit that the math involved in the calculation is actually correct, but then completely miss the point by turning to an expert to tell us that actually, nowhere on earth could support that population density. Newsweek, for fact check, does photo show Ariana Grande kissing Osama bin Laden? Which is the stupidest article ever published in the history of humanity. And Reuters once again for Fact Check Widely viewed picture is a computer generated illustration of Antarctica as it appears from space, which, as Off Guardian points out, discusses an image purporting to show the Antarctic ice cap, which was presented as real right up until it became inconvenient for the global warming narrative, and they had to admit that it was fake. And the loser is, well, technically all of them. Never forget that fact checkers cannot be sued for getting their fact checks wrong and libeling people in the process because, as a U.S. district court ruled in 2022, simply because the process by which content is assessed and a label applied is called a fact check, does not mean that the assessment itself is an actionable statement of objective fact. Well, duh. But for the purposes of tonight's festivities, the loser is the CBC for how a London, Ontario cricket plant found itself at the heart of an international conspiracy theory. For those who missed it at the time, this was originally a fact check purporting to show how a tweet from at Ellis Dawn that read, the world's largest cricket production facility is officially complete. Aspire Food Group's new plant in London, Ontario is ready to produce 9,000 metric tons of crickets annually for human and pet consumption, was actually fake news put out by the type of people that spread harmful misinformation about the pandemic and conspiracy theories about the World Economic Forum. So the valiant defenders of truth over at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation put their best squad of crack reporters and veteran journalists on the case and reported, CBC News reached out to Aspire Food Group, which owns the cricket plant. Mohamed Ashour, the company's chief executive, was unavailable for comment Thursday and Friday. Ashour told Vice News in July that the company no longer markets its product for human consumption and focuses only on pet food because, he told the publication, crickets have a bit of an ick factor. After making fun of the rubes who are concerned about the absolutely pervasive eat the bugs narrative, by which I mean the Canadian taxpayers who actually pay these smug, laptop-class, fake, government-shilling journalist salaries, the CBC then turns the mic over to an associate professor of history who they bizarrely allow to lecture the public about the importance of fact-checking information and making sure you've got things right before passing it on to others. She, the associate professor, said while fact-checking conspiracy theories can be exhausting, it must be done to keep those who propagate the lie from dominating the conversation with false information. But, uh-oh. Maybe the CBC should have done the exhausting work of fact-checking their own conspiracy theories before spewing them out at their readers. As it turns out, the CBC did hear back from Mohamed Ashour of Aspire Food Group two weeks after they published the story, and guess what? They discovered the entire basis for their story was completely, totally, factually incorrect. So what does the new, improved article say? CBC News reached out to Aspire Food Group, which owns the cricket plant, 
Mohammed Ashour, the company's chief executive, was unavailable for comment at the time of publication. Reached on September 16th, Ashour said 10% of the product is sold for human consumption. The rest is sold to the pet food industry. It's quite remarkable how normal insect consumption can be in some of these countries, Ashour said. For many of us here in Canada, the idea of eating insects is anything from strange to outright disgusting. That's because we did not grow up with insect consumption. Taste is very much a social phenomenon. The World Economic Forum has also published reports, as recently as 2022, that look at insects as an alternative protein source that could slow climate change. Wait, 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 wait. So let's get this straight. The galaxy brains over at the CBC wanted to lecture those stupid peons who pay their salaries about the importance of fact-checking information in order to stop the spread of fake news by failing to fact-check their information and thus actively spreading fake news? Yeah, sure, why not? Sounds about par for the course. Keep going, CBC. You've got to be just about hitting rock bottom by now. To my lovely Canadian compatriots at the Canadian Brainwashing Corporation, this dino is for you. All right, it's time for the second most exciting part of our program tonight, the presentation of the People's Choice Award. Yay! Uh, this award is selected by the fine members of the Corbett Report community who left their votes for fake news of the year in the comments section at CorbettReport.com. Remember, folks, I don't read the comments anywhere but CorbettReport.com, and neither should you. And this year's People's Choice Award goes to... The media's sudden discovery of all the many, many, many non-vaccine-related causes of heart attacks that were never worth reporting on before, but which you absolutely have to know about now for no particular reason. Yes, this award will have to be shared amongst vast swaths of the fake, bought-and-paid-for lying prostitute media, including... ABC News for Rise in Heart Disease May Be Explained by Extreme Weather Conditions. Harvard Health Publishing for Happy Heart Syndrome. Even positive stress can affect the heart. The Indian Express for Is there a reason why cardiac arrests often happen in the bathroom? Stanford Medicine News Center for Marijuana Linked to Heart Disease. Supplement may mitigate risk, study reports. CBS for Increased risk for heart attack during holidays, doctors say. The Sun for urgent warning to gardeners as soil increases risk of killer heart disease. Bloomberg for over 10% of heart disease cases could be prevented by watching less TV, experts say. And Review.com for, bizarrely, new study reveals shocking benefit of heart attack. And many, many more fake news stories from throughout 2022. That's right, that heart attack you or a loved one experienced could have been caused by any of a million different things that the dinosaur media have literally never reported on before. Except the vaccine. It absolutely, certainly couldn't be the vaccine, you conspiracy realist, you. Wonderful! Just fantastic. A big thank you to all the Corbett Report members who helped to compile that list, and to the actual non-fake news journalists over at OffGuardian.org who have been covering this story throughout the year. Oh, do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? That roar can only mean one thing. It's nearly time for the biggest dino of them all. 
the fake news story of the year. In years past, we've seen the grand prize go to The Guardian for its reporting on the white helmets, Donald Trump for the lies that launched the 2018 Syria strikes, ABC News for their deliberate cover-up of the Epstein story, Bloomberg for their fake news about the scandemic, and Rachel Maddow slash Anthony Fauci slash Joe Biden and the mainstream repeaters for their 100% safe and effective lie. So who will receive the grandest dishonor of them all this year? You can cut the tension with a knife. But before we reveal the winner of this dishonor, let's take a moment to dishonor the runners up for this year's fake news awards. Fake journalist of the year award goes to Julian Fomenta Rosat. Fakest Arrest of the Year Award goes to AOC and Ilhan Omar for their ridiculous air handcuff charade. And the Fakest False Flag of the Year goes to the controlled corporate media struggling to find a way to convince their dwindling audience that Russia blew up its own pipeline for absolutely no discernible reason. And now, without further ado, it's time for another commercial break. Good evening. I am Klaus Schwab, the executive director of the World Economic Forum. Please forgive the facial hair. I really let myself go over Christmas. There is a crisis in the kitchen. And there is only one way to restore order. Cooking with Klaus. My new cookbook. This is the book. You buy it now. We make recipe now. We make protein shake. You like big muscles like Klaus, right? What are you? A girly man or a devil's man? All right. Protein shake. First, we get the ingredients. We get the eggs. And we need the milk. And we need the magic bullet. I like bullets. And of course, we need the protein. First, we start to mix the ingredients. We take the milk and we pour the milk in the bullet. Don't skimp on the milk. You need lots of milk. Milk is good. Give you hairy chest. Okay. You get the milk, you get the, you get the eggs, and you crack the eggs. Just like that, you just throw it in there. And uh, ah, another one, okay, good. You got the eggs, you got the milk, and now, now you need the protein. Okay, so you get the protein. You know, the, the protein, the bugs, the, the little crawly things, the cockroaches, the, the beetles, the crickets, you know, protein. And you take the protein and you, uh, you cut off the protein's horns and you cut the protein, you cut it up into little bits. You throw the protein into the shake 
Let's have a little cricket. Let's make a cricket. Oh, yeah. Leg. Anything that goes in there. Okay. Throw it in the shake. And uh, now you get ready. And now you take the bullet. You put the cap on. You put the bullet gently, gently in. And you... Protein shake. Mmm, good stuff. Uh, now you take the cup off and you you drink it. Mmm. Ah. Ah, that is good protein shake. But don't take it from me. Take it from my celebrity friends. For example, Nicole Kidman. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I am going to eat four-course meal of bugs. They're still alive. Thank you for spending so much time with me and watching me eat bugs. Buy my book, Cooking This Klaus and you have many recipes like my delicious protein shake. And remember, you will eat the bugs and you will be happy. Klaus Schwab, ladies and gentlemen, is there anything that king among men can't do? All right, well, I've dangled this in front of you for long enough. Let's reveal the fakest fake news of the year. And the loser is... Be sure to drink your Ovaltine? Alright, that's it! I'm sick of this stupid prank. Every year, I swear when I find out who keeps doing this. Oh. Oh. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, apparently it's in the envelope. And the loser is... Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau for the small fringe minority of people who are on the way to Ottawa who are holding unacceptable views that they are expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know of that following the science, and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, not only was Canada's own prime minister the spreader of the biggest fake news story of the year, but the absolutely sickening way that the official stenographers and lapdogs of the Canadian press fell into line to denigrate peaceful protesters demanding their basic human rights in one of the most oppressive countries on the planet was one of the most disgusting displays of disinformation and gaslighting ever seen. 
There was, of course, the government-owned CBC with their assertion that the Freedom Convoy protesters were being secretly aided, funded, or organized by those dastardly Russians. Given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia, it, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but, but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as this as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from from the outset. A baseless piece of weaponized and, as was later confirmed, utterly false speculation, so galling that even the CBC ombudsman had to conclude that it breached the CBC's own journalistic standards and practices guidelines, noting that this loaded hypothetical question with no factual basis whatsoever did not meet the standard to clearly explain the facts or contribute to the understanding of issues of public interest. And who can forget the CBC's February 11th report? Convoy protest received hundreds of donations that appeared to be from abroad, which claimed that the most common source for foreign donations was the United States. A report that was later revealed to be fake news when GoFundMe stated that in fact 88% of donated funds originated in Canada and most were small, ordinary individual donations by ordinary law-abiding citizens. A fact that the CBC quietly buried on its corrections and clarifications page, but didn't append to the article. But of course, this wasn't just a barrage of fake news from the Canadian Prime Minister and his accomplices in the Canadian government's de facto state-funded CBC mouthpiece. No, 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 no. This was a team effort involving all of the controlled corporate dinosaur media liars who were part of Trudeau's $600 million buyout, I, I mean bailout, back in 2019. It involved the Toronto Star, which falsely reported that loaded shotguns had been found amongst the convoy, a fact later refuted by the Ottawa police chief himself. It involved Global News, which falsely reported that two men attempting to set an Ottawa apartment building on fire were part of the Freedom Convoy and had to update their story to indicate that they had indeed reported fake news. And it involved CTV, who took a moment out of reporting fake news and lies about the protesters to remind us who are the real victims in all of this. The poor, beleaguered, dinosaur media, who, for some reason or other, is one of the targets of Canadians' ire. But what really takes the cake in all of this is that, after making his first fake, false, dishonest, manipulative, lying, deceitful, baseless, untrue allegations about the peaceful freedom protesters, Trudeau had the nerve to gaslight the public at the emergency commission, denying that he ever called the protesters' names in the first place. Mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, qui souvent racistes aussi. A number of people have testified in this inquiry referencing your widely published comments and calling the unvaccinated racists and misogynists. And we have heard testimony in this inquiry about how some of your officials wanted to label protesters as terrorists. Would you agree with me that one of the most important roles of a prime minister is to unite Canadians and not divide them by engaging in name calling? Uh, I did not call people who were unvaccinated names. 
Yes, Trudeau and all the lying liars of the corporate toady establishment media are laughing at you, smugly smiling as they feed you a feces sandwich and expect you to eat it. So, to all of those liars who helped to propagate the lies about the Freedom Convoy, this dino's for you and it's well earned. Now, what we're doing here today is trivial. It's silly. But there's a point to it. They are laughing at you, but we are laughing back at them. Because they like to think of themselves as the world-bestriding Tyrannosaurus Rex, the dinosaurs of the news information jungle. But they are dinosaurs, dinosaurs of a bygone era of information control, who do not realize that the comet of free information on the internet has struck, that they are going extinct, and that no one is listening to their crap anymore. So, yes, this dino's for you guys. But what it represents is something so much more than what you can possibly fathom. We aren't buying your crap anymore, and we will laugh at you like the petty thugs that you are, not cower in fear at your great power of information control. And that's going to be a wrap on the sixth annual Fake News Awards. Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Hit that like, subscribe, thumbs up thingy, wherever it happens to be, anywhere you are, to show your support, because that matters for some reason. And, well, I hope you'll be here to join me throughout the year for real news and information at CorbettReport.com. I'm James Corbett. See you again soon.